Hello everyone and welcome to a very special birthday edition of the Riverdale Register. My name is Caitlin. On a very special the Riverdale Register. And a very, very uh, special. My name is John. Oh my god. And John, I was just telling you how unbelievably hungover I was. I know, which is crazy because you're only 25. Exactly. Yeah. I know. I shouldn't get hungover at 25, which I am. Yeah. Wild. You guys don't need to know how old I am. It's just because you partied so hard at your majestic right, 25th, 25th birthday. Right, 25th birthday. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Where there were only 25 candles and all the birthday cards said 25 <laughs> on them. That's correct. And yes. we all buy you birthday cards because that's a normal thing right, exactly. for 25-year-olds to do with <laughs> exactly. each other. Exactly. Thank you guys for that. I appreciate that. Yeah. But yeah, so I had a good weekend. Did you have a good weekend? It's actually been a pretty beautiful, uh, jam-packed Lovely. weekend. Hell I yeah. went from playing uh, Power Rangers D and D to fun, going fun. to your birthday party, <gasps> so fun. which was of course at emo night, right? Where I was transitioning from wearing yellow because I'm the Yellow Ranger to Clever. emo night. Not a lot of people wearing yellow at emo night. I no. feel like I stood out. Were you? You know what? I just I didn't realize that you were wearing yellow. Were you wearing like a mustard yellow? It was like a mustard yellow shirt yeah. and then black jeans and I was hoping that would be a good look. Yeah, it was a good look. All so, right. yeah. Uh, and then yesterday was the big, uh, big, it was actually a very relaxed pool party <laughs> at my house and it was finally warm enough to like do the whole deal, really, really celebrate. And then today is the chill, relaxed day and then tomorrow I start my new job. Congratulations! Yay! Yay! <laughs> I was in bed all day yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, I really couldn't have attended the pool party anyway, but then I physically couldn't have attended the pool party. That's all right. Your so, better half was there. Yeah. Who is that? What? Uh, better? What do you mean? What? No, I was here. What, what are you talking about? What do you mean? What do you mean? Wow, not better. The equal, equal, right? If anyone has seen the hot ones with Jennifer Lawrence, uh, so funny especially the the mimetic uh, moment of her screaming at, at Sean, not screaming, but going, "What do you mean? What are you doing? What are you doing? What do you mean?" When he's like doing the last dab. Caitlin and I both went to each other and were like, that's like you, Caitlin. No, but the funny thing was that you said that after I had just watched it and thought the exact same thing. And it is weird to see yourself in other people because you're <laughs> like, you don't really do that a lot. But in this As case, you, I specifically saw that. You who does the Betty impression. Oh my God. Saw Jennifer Lawrence do her Caitlin impression. And was I like, whoa, wow. whoa. I didn't know she knew me, but I'm glad that she does. Mm-hmm. She's I a fan. A, She's a listener. I was a big fan of her movie, by the way. I saw No Hard feeling should i see it i loved it i kind of want to check it out i thought okay those kind of movies don't exist anymore they one they don't exist you're absolutely right also i want to just clarify something because there are people who are like oh it's like an icky concept i mean if that's the concept in the trailer and it feels icky it's probably because the movie will be about not doing that right so yes so i mean that is the idea is basically the parents hire this woman to like kind of sort of sleep with her son before he goes off to college. Mm-hmm. But like really more to just like get him out of his shell. Right. It wasn't like Sleep With Our Son. No, but there's a 100%. version of this movie that's called Failure to Launch. Where the bit is oh. that he's an adult man played by Matthew McConaughey. I about and that. the parents are like Sarah Jessica Parker date him, have sex with him and get him out of here. This is just pulling the years back. I've never seen that movie. But that is exactly what that... Yes, that's the same thing. The same deal. But it is a little bit weirder, I guess, that he's like 19 and she's 30 as opposed to like they're both... Well, 19 actually solves a lot of problems right. with the Well, yes, that is true. If he was 16, I would also be, you know, Yeah, he's, he's been looking like a 17-year-old to me. Yeah, no, no, no. He is definitely 19 and they say that like explicitly many times in the movie. God, you're just so yeah, 19. Exactly. And that's it's what weird. really stands out to me about you. Right, exactly. You're so of legal age. 
<laughs> Always, but just Every time he goes be. into a restaurant, someone checks his ID, and they're like, ah, it sees you're 19 <laughs> in the bag. Apparently, he is from Long Island also in real life. So mm. they are from Long Island, or they're from, I guess, the city, but they're living on Long Island. The movie takes place on Long Island. So I was pretty excited about mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah. I forget what we do now, but... Have we been talking to our audience? Oh, yeah. So, Jacob... Last night when you were... <laughs> right, right. I was. Um, thank you, guys. Anybody who said happy birthday, I really appreciate you. Um, and I was very emotional. And I was emotional with one of you. I couldn't find the message that I sent, but I was, like, having a moment. Um, so, thank you for being nice to me. Love you all. Um, our question from the audience was actually from Jacob, who was not at my birthday. However, he was invited, but he was not available which is fine. Yeah. But he did listen to the podcast, I assume. Maybe. We'll see. But this week, I'll have him listen because he just asked if I agreed with Vidal Maestro's politics. Fidel Mastro? Fidel Mastro. Oh, boy. We got to talk about Fidel Mastro. <laughs> yeah. Um, and my answer was just, I don't understand why he can't just go to another island. So could have just kept on going bit. to um, another island. What if you want to rule the people on one island? No, no, no. There's another <laughs> island out there. There's so many islands out there. Yeah, Infinite but, islands. but it's the people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there are people on other islands. But you want to rule these people. Well, they can go to another island. <laughs> you got to take them. But then they'd just be taking all the people and going to a different island. Yeah, I'm hearing you, but I just think <laughs> you could go to a different island. I got it. Here's my question. Sure. At what point? Can Riverdale not use a real name? I know. I I thought this was more of like a funny thing than like a... I don't know. Because they use Senator McCarthy. Right. Right. He's real. He's real. Emmett Till is real. Right. What did? Would it cost money to use Fidel Castro? I don't know because it's really. Are you Cuba. scared of doing something with of upsetting Cuba in right. some way? Or? Yeah. I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. Who, who I guess I decides really these things. Thought that through that hard. I need to meet the script coordinator. <laughs> who was like, we cannot clear Fidel Castro. Yeah, I gotta yes. know who does clearances on Riverdale. That's that so would weird. be actually a great interview. We I should know. see if we can find who does Wait, clearances for Riverdale. Is, no, we actually really should. We it's the script coordinator, I guess. I, right? I assume, yeah. I, there's definitely we definitely. And there's can find been multiple that script coordinators. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Interesting. Huh. We could do an old script coordinator, too. So it's not like... Some of them became writers. Exactly. I'll, I'll look into the list. Okay. Yeah. Script Great. coordinator's hardest job ever. But that sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, John, we do something now. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know it. I know it. But we you say it. We all know it. it. Yeah. All right. Let's say it at the same time. Okay. The episode yeah, title, title is, is... Chapter 130, The Crucible. Yeah. So this is a children's book that I found. <laughs> No, so this time it actually is an Arthur Miller play. Hey, it's our guy. Hey, Arthur Famously, Miller. he wrote that thing you mentioned last time about the uh, egg. Right, exactly. <laughs> the children's book about Humpty Dumpty um, after he fell. Um, no, this is actually, surprisingly, something a little bit deeper than that. It's a 1953 play. We talk about it in the show, so I think we're all familiar. I had to read it in high school. Did you? No, I never did. Wow. And for a long time, I thought that this play was a play written closer to the actual time of the Salem Witch Trials. No, it's written much closer to the moment McCarthy. the show is being set yes. in. So it was 1956, I think. Oh, no, I'm sorry. 1953. Um, and Arthur Miller basically wrote this Salem Witch Trials play as an allegory for McCarthyism. But actually, Arthur Miller himself was also questioned by the House of Representatives Committee of Un-American Activities. HUAC. And he was convicted of 
contempt of Congress. Yeah, McCarthyism is an interesting period. It was a bad time. We had to learn about it in school, and it's a hard thing to fully relate to. But like, there's talk of like this period where people would be blacklisted from Hollywood because they were suspected of being communists, and there was that fear that obviously they mentioned this in the show, but the fact that the communists are trying to uh, influence us through the media. Yes. You know? Um, and it's like the fear that the plot of the Americans is actually happening around you. I've never seen the Americans. There's just so much paranoia in that particular cult war uh, yeah. and that fear. But like, it also feels like the turn to like communism or like socialism and those kinds of ideas has just been the natural process of time well, and you get these periods of like I don't know institutions trying to it seemed like McCarthy just didn't like certain people and found an opportunity I think he was honestly like a like a crazy person but yeah. also it is interesting now how I think we still <clears throat> do use like socialism and communism as sort of like red flags for or at least certain politicians use it even now as Oh, look at, you know, so-and-so, not to get political, because I know that you guys hate that, <laughs> but they still do use, oh, you know, so-and-so is a socialist, so-and-so is a communist, communist whatever. Communist is still a dirty word. It's still a dirty word, socialist not for everyone. Socialist is kind of available now. Democratic I would socialist say, is so certainly a, a use of it. it. There's definitely a use of it more so than there was in McCarthy era, but I do still think that a lot of people do use it as like a... Um, trying to take people down or trying to discredit people's policies and things, which I think right. is very interesting because... Well, actually, something I think is very interesting within the Riverdale universe is that it's not necessarily saying it's fine if someone is a communist. It is just saying that they are not. Do you know what I mean? I get you. So I just think that is... But uh, I think that was true about most of the people brought before HUAC was like, Right. They weren't. They weren't actually communists. Right. right. They did, were just gay or racially diverse. Did you ever see the movie The Majestic? No. Actually, pretty good, fine movie. But I have read and seen The Crucible. Oh, Which is yeah, which so similar because now. there's the witch trials <laughs> in Salem all those years ago, and Winona Ryder was going around right. lying, being right. like, they're a witch, they're a witch, and she's covering her ass. And her ass, all her ass did was dance naked in the woods, which yeah, you people know. can do that. <laughs> sure, people can do that. Also, I think she did sleep with um, that guy, John Proctor, which was like a bad time. Yeah, but that was his name. Right. Sure. So he couldn't sign it away. Yeah, that was his name. Yeah. And he was very proud of it. We'll get to that. Archie is a good actor. Archie, yeah, Archie <laughs> fucking kills it. And uh, maybe maybe his teacher should shouldn't be pointing him towards poetry, but maybe drama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, because his poem was good though. His poem, yeah, it was pretty good. I liked his poem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, like, who wrote this episode? That's a great question. Yeah. This episode was actually written by two Arthur writers. Miller. Uh, this is Arthur Miller, uh, Janine Selena Schoenberg, cool, cool, cool. who's written a bunch before and previously wrote Sex Education from this season. When they had the sex education. I mean, could we be more specific? It's the episode where they're horny. Do you right. remember that right. one? Right. Of course. Remember there we go. Thank you for narrowing one? it down, John. <laughs> Was Betty horny? I believe Betty was horny in that episode. Cool. Now, on it, from a change of play, pace, this was also written by Will Ewing, who wrote Betty and Veronica Double Digest. Oh, fun. That was fun. Now, in that one, Betty was horny. Mm. So it was slightly different. Yeah, it was a little bit different. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. And this episode was directed by Machinomic. 
Oh my god. Which explains why she's not in it. That makes sense. We love her. We love yeah. her and we hate Alice. Mm-hmm. Alice redeems herself and then unredeems herself just as fast. God, it's just the worst. Just the worst. Oh boy. So I divided this into one, two, three, four, five different plot lines. Damn. I actually have this theory that when we do more plot lines, the episode is shorter. Interesting. Yeah. We'll test that today. We'll test that today. Uh, uh, we have the plot line English teachers. Okay. We have, oh, Miha. <laughs> we have Betty Zine. That was a very small part, I guess. But yeah. Underground comics. Okay. And during Pride? <laughs> okay. Let's do let's do Betty Zine because I found this to be like such a throwaway little plot line. It's very for her. slight. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Betty's typewriter and phone are missing. Presumably, Matchin had to use them to direct the episode. Right. And Poor Herbosa. <laughs> I feel like she could have used a. <laughs> they just took Herbosa out of yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. That's where she is now. That's where she is. Uh, I I feel like the implication is like. These have been given to Ethel in some form. Not that Betty would ever go and talk to Ethel about right, it. Right, like where the hell are they? Does she even still live here? We did not interact. Stop asking about Ethel. Exactly, no interest. <laughs> the patriarchy tells Betty that they're shutting down the blue and gold. A thing I didn't realize was still happening no. or that she was yeah. working for or any of it. Right, no, Betty stopped caring about a lot of things when Betty realized. She's like, wait, I'm on boys. the blue and gold. <laughs> right, right. He thinks they don't need a school newspaper. Betty's like, what about informing people? And he just makes this face mm. like, people. that's not the goal. <laughs> right, of course. What did you think was happening? So uh, Betty takes a typewriter home, solves her problem. Um, <laughs> then she, in an ode to Love, Simon, a movie she can't remember liking in theaters. But it clearly would. Yes. Yes. Uh, she types up her own zine, a, a newsletter. I just kept thinking of Rocket Power. Uh, Wait, what was that plotline in Rocket Reggie, Power? Reggie starts the zine. I the sister remember. starts like a magazine, and that's she all I so really cool. remember. <laughs> yeah, she had Reggie. purple hair. Yeah, she's the best. Uh, and Betty starts the Teenage Mystique. Oh, wait. Should we start this episode with Teenage Mystique instead of Register? Um. Oh, you mean like this, our, our podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> do you want to do, do a read? Teenage Mystique. I loved it. Okay, That great. was great. Um, Just leave this in, though, because that's funny. <laughs> the setup? Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Betty suggests that people write their letters to the girl next door, and she then an hour later she gets a lot of mail for the girl next door. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that this is realistic, but that's cool. Yeah, that's I, yeah, it's a nice thing to happen for sure. And that's the entire plotline for Betty. I loved it. Mm-hmm. It was great. Let's go into during Pride. Okay. Or horrified during Pride. During Pride. So, uh, in a bout of uh paranoia conspiracy mccarthyism and control uh cliff tells cheryl uh he heard she kissed a girl on halloween and, and like a lot of it. people saw yeah 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 doing during this thing called the rocky horror picture film won't be a <laughs> Which thing I, what is years. that yeah so many questions. who wrote this song <laughs> <laughs> so many questions uh luckily they can cut her a deal if she cooperates with them and then he presents her with a list of names, and I have that list of names. Oh for yeah, you. yeah. So we have Cheryl Blossom. Okay. Tony Topaz. Cool. Kevin Keller, Clay Walker, Chris Henderson. Ooh. John McLean, Jessica Huletola, Connor Riley, Colin Hills, and Kathleen Ross. So, you know, we don't seem to know a lot of these people. No, but they are, I guess, not included in that little like cool queer foursome. Our 
beloved classmates and friends we've met over the course of the years are really in danger from this list. Yeah, right. The Queer Alliance is like, I guess we have to protect these six kids we don't know. Right, of course. Uh, and Cheryl doesn't want to cooperate, but her parents warn her that that will put her under unwelcome scrutiny. And then they'll take away the River Vixens. Oh. And that's when Cheryl's really like, no! Yeah, so I, I'll be honest. I was like, they do not seem to be threatening her that harshly here. Like, she's already under intense scrutiny, hence this list. What yeah. are they going to do now? And it would be just so bad because that would fundamentally change the nature of the show if we stopped getting all of those vital River Vixen scenes right, that are so core and tied to Cheryl as a character. <laughs> she seemed very upset though. I was like, I didn't know you really liked cheerleading. It's like a, it's definitely a power trip ownership thing and oh, she yeah. doesn't, like, we've established that. The cheer coach that was like, what if we went for winning awards? <laughs> and Cheryl was like, I want to murder you for suggesting that because the point of this is to prop me up. Yeah, uh, so I guess, I guess that she should stick around the River Vixens for her own ego? I, that's, I don't know. It's clearly worth it. Yeah, definitely worth it. And something really worth struggling with. I like to think that the rest of the Queer Alliance, as she's explaining this, is like, yeah, that's, um, that's a really hard choice, Cheryl. <laughs> right, I don't know what right. you're going to do. <laughs> exactly. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, but they do wonder who could be behind the heat coming on to mm. Cheryl. And that's when we cut to Evelyn Evernever. Yeah. Did you know she dyed her hair? Uh, it's darker. It's darker. She's not a redhead anymore. Yeah. She was a redhead. Now she's Did, not. Do you think someone came in and be like, too many redheads One the show. less. Just like one less. Like a network note was like, can we please? <laughs> it's true though, because it's like statistically, okay, we have, for all the people not related to each other, Cheryl and Jason, or whatever, Julian, mm -hmm. Ethel, Archie, Evelyn, and these are just like, this is one group. You know what's been really funny? Do you what? remember the, the, in like the flashback to the founding, the settling of Rivervale? Yeah. If like the bit was all of the original residents were all redheads. Yeah, they all, like, bred with like, like an entire ship of redheads moved and founded this town. I'm just saying, that's some recessive genes. <laughs> that's a higher really chance. Sense. It's also, I, cause I checked the IMDb. Evelyn has the same last name. And so I have to wonder. Is she 30? <laughs> is she 30? Which and if she's old. not, is her father Edgar this time, and they're they're actually related? Yeah. Or is her father some other guy? What are the odds that they're bringing Chad Michael Murray back? Very none. And right? I mean, Zero. I can dream. I know. But it yeah. doesn't seem like it would just be funny if he was just like the priest in town for the final season. I could season. see that. I hope you know what I hope he is, but I just feel like they're not going to bring. Him they would have done it by now. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Although yeah. this episode's rife with some reappearances. And I, I vaguely remember that. Oh, well, boy. Hiram. And... Listen, we'll get to we'll it. We'll get there. We'll get to it. I don't want to spoil the moment. Yeah. Because it's great in the moment. It is great in the moment. Um, so their plan to take the pressure off is to pretend that they are two straight couples who spend all their time together instead of two gay couples who spend all their time together. Have you ever read the book, um, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn... Sorry. The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. That's very hard to say. It's quite a name. It is quite a no, name. No, is it about this similar subject? Yes. Okay, so spoiler alert. But if you've been on TikTok, on BookTok, you already know this, so whatever. But I, I just read it, but I really like the author. But Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo is about like a, kind of like a Marilyn Monroe type of actress um, who is bisexual and falls in love with another actress. And basically they 
there's like a lot of things that happen, but the big thing that reminded me of this is that she gets married to like her best friend and then um like her girlfriend gets married to like her best friend. Like they got so they're a straight couple, but the the husbands are dating each other and then mm-hmm. they're dating and then they just like hang out and they like swap apartments. Oh, totally. This happens in Sensate on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Uh, the actor in Mexico is a gay man whose like girlfriend finds out that he's actually gay with another guy and she's like into it and she's like let's hang out all the time and Great. I'm your girlfriend and he's your friend but really and they're just like the, the an, an adorable funny dynamic trio in the I show. think that's fun mm-hmm. but th- it's like it was really interesting because it was just like they would hang out together go on double dates and it's mm-hmm. like oh yeah like yeah. and it makes you wonder if that's a thing like even now just saying. I hope not as much these yeah, days. Yeah, I definitely hope Unless not as much. by choice, but like, yeah. you know, I don't want to force anyone to always go on double dates. Right, of course. How uh, awful. <laughs> it's terrible. So much pressure. Two straight couples make their debut down the hallway, and Evelyn can't stand it. And I got to shout out whoever's dressing Evelyn as a grandmother. Because like, <laughs> she's 30. She's, she's so I know, old. but she, like, she, the clothes she's wearing is like, oh, that's the era clothes that have aged the mm. worst. Yes, 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 yes. But everybody else, I feel like, you know, you could pull it off. Like, you maybe throw a denim jacket over some of those dresses. <laughs> yeah. That's what I do with every dress I own. I'm like, denim jacket. Mm-hmm. It's totally casual now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Archie's dramatic reading of The Crucible gets Cheryl thinking. She's like, wait, my name? I'm John Proctor. <laughs> uh, and she tells the patriarchy she won't be cooperating with their investigation. And she willingly renounces the vixen's. She's like, I choose to have no more vixen scenes in the show. Right. So That's not something other people decided a long time ago. (laughs) Uh, And at least she still has the queer alliance. She does, exactly. And it was cute. It was good. Yeah, it was Yeah. To be clear, this is a good episode of Riverdale. Oh, yeah, I was not excited at the trailer for this episode of Riverdale. Yeah. I think whoever cuts these trailers doesn't know what's good or bad about this show. I think they've maybe never seen it. They might <laughs> have never actually watched an episode of the show. And they're like, I wish this whole thing were 30 seconds long. <laughs> exactly. These little clips I get. I don't know. And like, we're blasting through these. Uh, but they're all good they're stories good. for the people like to go it. through. Yeah. Man, I wonder if this show would have been better if it was just like this the whole time. Or not better, but like... If it were always in the past. Or like, yeah, if it like was just about It just 50s. feels like everything it's saying has more weight to it when it's in the past. Yeah, I think that's true. I think I think it just gives you more character stuff to do because you're not burning through plot constantly. You know? But I also feel like the goals of the show have changed. Like it came yes. out and it was a soapy hit. Well, and it, it was wanted soapy to keep and a mystery. Being that. Right, and now it's got a dedicated but small audience. Right, of Riverdale registered listeners. Right, of, of <laughs> registered listeners, all eight of you. And <laughs> they uh, want to service the people who like the characters and, I guess, like themselves with like, we got to get out of this timeline. <laughs> right, right. We, It's all gone too bad. It's interesting. Cause it's I re- actually kind of like The Flash. <laughs> I remember when we first started, I guess maybe like first interviews with like Roberto, he was like, I originally just wanted it to be like teen Archie and like, you know, like the OC, but Archie. 
And then he was told, I think by Greg Berlanti of Love, Simon fame. And yes, also executive I believe producer, the note was put a body. In put there. a body in it. And right. then we got the body. And I think that, not it didn't hurt it because that first season was really fun. Right. But they're very dramatic here. <laughs> but <laughs> I think it was like, oh, okay. Well, you can't constantly have a dead body. Right. You have to be... I think Pretty Little Liars did it the best of these kind of shows. And it was still hard to get the engine going forever. I just think their biggest mistake was immediately leveling up from one extremely personal kid died Mm -hmm. to there's a serial killer on the loose. Yeah, that is fair. You know, it's... And they they clearly recognized that very quickly because they that serial killer uh, was horribly ineffective <laughs> because they were like, well, he would murder all of our characters, <laughs> right? Right. And we can only lose Midge. So, but once they made that choice, every season the stakes had to be life or death. Yes. Every season the mystery was about someone killing somebody else, and they never really pivoted to like a different thing. Yeah. And like. Season two, the setup being a guy shot Fred and Hiram is here. You're not locked into like, there's a guy going around killing people, but you could be locked into Hiram hired this guy to try to yeah. shoot Fred. And now you have like a, a, a conspiracy thing or whatever. But like, yeah, they could have done different mysteries every season. That's yeah. like, what I'm saying. Yeah, you could have actually, it's interesting. You could have taken the that thing in the diner had it been more of a crime as opposed to like a horror i guess it was like a thriller right you know like also a, the thing that that shifted was they they took the focus the, i think the mystery focus on julian because he looks so much like archie does just you mean jason? kind jason <laughs> yeah it's happening to me too I uh, I wish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jason dying looking so much like Archie kind of ties them together, kind of brings puts Cheryl around him in this way. Uh, they did do that in the show. And once they realized, once as they wrote it, they were like, oh, Betty and Jughead are so fun solving mysteries. They made them the center of all further mysteries. Yes. Which kind of further siloed them away from everybody else. You know what I still wish they did with the jason mystery just while we're shooting the shit about this i think it would have been more fun if jason died because he looked like archie in some way i still think they could have gone with the grundy's husband thing even if that wasn't ultimately like what happened Mm -hmm. but something like that where it's like oh you think it's like oh because jason and polly ran away and the farm and like whatever and all this stuff and cliff blossom is like a heroin dealer maple syrup magnate whatever and then it ended up being like oh actually no it was like because of archie or something that's like cool something kind of like tying archie into it and then he could have had that guilt but also i mean the cliff blossom thing is also fun though this, now we have him back and he's not that scary he's not very scary no this episode had me thinking about like hiram's second episode because mm-hmm. remember he first appears and he's like drenched in darkness yeah and it's like the devil has arrived right. and then his second episode is like miha why can't you just be my daughter i love you so much right uh, it's so warm and light now, and um, it would have it would have been a fun situation if it had been like a um, kiss kiss bang bang style, like your case, my case, same, same case, case thing of like Betty and Jughead trying to solve a mystery at the same time as Veronica and her father like rekindling a, a true loving yeah. relationship, 
and them going, Veronica, your dad's the bad guy. Oh, damn and it. And her yeah. protecting her father. Hell yeah. Like, like any weird... any way to, like, pit the four against each other in some way would yeah. have been cool. As long as they never found some way to, like, break it entirely. Because you do need to right, reforge the bond consistently. Totally. That would have been fun. Where do you want to go next? I think we got to go now to Hiram. We should go to Omiha. Omiha, yes. All right, all right. So we got to start with, unfortunately, uh, Glenn is in this one. Oh, Glenn. And he shaved. And it oh, looks Glenn. really weird. And you're like, <laughs> this guy should grow a beard. <laughs> one day, when he joins the FBI. He's in the FBI. Oh, weird. Anyway. Archie. Oh, and this was, by the way, a really fun time for the FBI like, oh, mm-hmm. if you want to talk about McCarthyism, J. Edgar Hoover is probably the even worse person behind the same goals. Did you ever see that movie with Leonardo DiCaprio? I never saw J. Edgar. I feel like no one did. It was like a big deal and no one saw it. It's, you know, awards baits movies yeah. are not usually the things people go to the pictures for. But they're, but if you're an actor, I can see why it's like, yeah. oh, that sounds like a lot of fun to me. Maybe I'll finally get my Oscar. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Didn't happen, but it's okay. He eventually did. Yeah. For getting attacked by a bear. I can't wait to tell Archie. Now that's <laughs> acting. That's acting. Especially when it's off screen. Mm-hmm. Archie won't admit to the others uh, that he's writing poetry after their teacher gets pulled out of class. But he's like, yeah, this is bad. This is a bad thing to do. And that's when Veronica tells everybody about McCarthyism. Yeah. So you can use McCarthyism, but you can't use Fidel Castro. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hollywood types were blacklisted on suspicion of being Soviet. Uh, it was all made up. That's I, I like I googled it and like a lot of the reason it fell out of favor eventually was like reports started coming out that McCarthy lied about. Yeah, of like course. a lot of prominent people, and then like people were like oh, oh it's all bull. Yeah, great. It is something where I like, feel like this was happening in into like the late fifties. Have we had something similar since then? You know, the witch trials happened, this happened. Is there a modern version of this that's happening? That's happening? Um... Like, I feel like there was that fear after 9-11 of like, yeah, oh, my neighbor's I, a terrorist. Yeah, pro- yeah. I would say it's maybe not as um, official, but yeah, mm-hmm. I do think so. I do think people get arrested and grouped in with organizations um for political yeah motivation it's a, a, and it's a lot i mean a lot of time it would be like race-based yeah uh, i think that there are it. for sure situations i don't think it's the i don't think you would call it like mccarthyism necessarily but i do think that this probably happens a lot more under the radar yeah i think there's something different about it of it's like it's not about you looking like you're from another country specifically but it is about like I think your beliefs are un-American and you need to be rooted out. Right, like just... Like, yeah. Well, just the the idea that it's simply just like your beliefs and going to a meeting right. to discuss something feels right. very... And it's like anything you do could potentially... It's yes. a lot more paranoia-based, I think. Right. And, I mean, it's interesting because at this time you also got movies like that came out of it, like um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers and stuff like that. Yeah. Inspired by, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. It's very interesting. So uh, that's when we learned that Hiram's in this one. Right. Oh my God. 
Uh, he gives Veronica one of those eggs she's obsessed with for some reason. Fabergé. They're yeah. very expensive in real life. Fab- and, Fabergé eggs yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Right. Obviously. Right. But in Riverdale, they just pop them off the, yeah, yeah, the assembly line. The, the Fabergé goose just <laughs> whoop and goofs <laughs> out. Lays that egg. Uh, she assumes he's done something wrong, and he has. But they both <laughs> pretend that he's there because he misses her. Right. He loves her, but not that much. Yeah. So... Uh, Veronica introduces everybody to Hiram and they're big fans they're big fans of his show although Cheryl has to mention that it's all gone downhill since season one <gasps> wow it's a good burn it on is. their own part yes yeah. it's very funny seven seasons in yeah not a coincidence good, good bit guys you did do that to yourselves oh but. no uh, Glenn approaches Veronica after she seats Hiram for a movie and he's like do you know that man and she goes my father Hiram Lodge <laughs> Yes. So uh, Hiram and Veronica enjoy their pops at home in total silence at their mm. giant table. And uh, she has to ask her dad why the FBI is tailing him. He doesn't really have a good answer to this. He took a trip to Cuba. And he bought cigars. He just bought cigars. Yes. But they're saying he's a communist. Yes. Which feels like the exact opposite of what our logic is, actually. It does... So <laughs> it's true. You know, yeah. I may be a criminal, but I'm an American right, criminal. Exactly. I'm a capitalist, damn it. Exactly. Uh, he needs Veronica to say she went with him to Feels buy like cigars in Cuba. I thought this whole time. I was like, that is a bad lie. You Are could you going to put a stamp easily, in that passport? You could easily check that. Turns out Veronica like was in school. Yeah, this Tur- does feel like it's gonna, not going to work out for Veronica. No, I would be like, Veronica, do not lie. He is a moron. It's not even a good lie. The cigar, the cigar lie actually makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, Glenn follows Veronica to school. <laughs> She tells him that she has no proof of his claims, and he's like, get in the car, and then Archie watches them drive mm-hmm. away. It's just a fun little Archie moment. And Glenn tells her that Hiram met with Fidel Mastro. Oh, wow. I guess. Yeah. Sure. He's I guess bad? he's bad. <laughs> he's vaguely sounds familiar, but... It's, uh, what? It's, it's, it feels silly that they picked M. If you had to rename Fidel Castro... If I had to Would you pick him. another letter... I'm. I don't know. I think I'm looking at all the letters now. Is there a letter you would pick? I'm like off the top of my head, Fidel Dastro, because he's dastardly. Dastro. <laughs> I guess what is Dastro? Vastro feels more like a. Like name. none of them would feel real. None yeah. of them are real. So. Weird. Uh, yeah. So yeah. I feel like you'd be better off just making up a new person right just, right right or just say like the dictator of cuba i don't know something this guy right <laughs> just exactly hold up a picture yeah, yeah yeah don't sue us mm-hmm. cuba i don't know like right the picture just says i'm sorry I'm cuba, sorry, cuba. <laughs> hiram tells veronica that he's going to be named and that he really really needs her to lie for him mm. to cover up not fidel but his infidelity uh, his yeah his affair <laughs> Uh, with a woman with like a really normal name. Kelly. Yeah, Kelly Ripa. Kelly. His Kelly. real wife is Kelly Ripa. Oh, it's Kelly. Kelly yeah. Ripa from Cuba. Yeah, right. That is a little weird. Yeah. Okay. Kelly Ripa from Cuba. Damn, yes. it happened again. Yeah. Was she not named the first time that she was in the show? She was. Mistress? She had like a different, because she wasn't his mistress. She was, um, 
she was like they thought it was his mistress but it ended up being like something she was like the oh, they water weren't hooking up okay i don't think they were but she was like the water inspector mm. and why i remember that i'm not really sure but i do so uh so veronica bails on dinner with hiram she uh he's talking about how he could lose everything and she already has done that i live in a beautiful hotel i dated jughead <laughs> jughead <laughs> that's if that is not rock bottom here I don't know what it is. Uh, wow. <laughs> so Veronica does a reading from King Lear. It's written on the blackboard really nice. Uh, and I've actually never seen this play. You've never seen it either. So I'm of no help. She does a scene where they speak about serving the king. Her father, Hiram Lodge. Hi, right. So it Veronica... It was easy to identify. <laughs> yeah. and yes. But I've never seen King Lear. Veronica presents Hiram with a signed affidavit saying that they went to Cuba cigar shopping. Mm. Uh, but the requirements are Hiram has to tell Hermione about the other woman and he has to give Veronica the Pembroke. Yeah, that's, that's fine. <sighs> she could go to prison. I just want to clarify this. Yeah, so he accepts. And then, oh my God, Hermione's in this I one? I know. She looks so good. It's crazy. I know. She has an announcement. Uh, as soon as she finishes hunting some predators... They're going to job now. Uh, announce that the current season of Omiha will be the last. And she was like, thank God, the quality's really been going down. And then she's going to create the real housewives, yeah. I guess. Uh, but they will not be publicly announcing that Hiram and Hermione will be getting a divorce. But they will. But they will. So this is obviously like Lucy and Desi. Um, yeah. Does vibes. it feel like they just couldn't? scheduling wise have Hermione hire oh, on the same yeah, day for sure because yeah, yeah it feels like they should both be in the scene I know it's weird that they're not but I mean nice for them to be together ish yeah. and then she went back out to hunt predators, predators. Yeah. yeah and that's the Veronica plot yeah it's like nice to see Hiram it seems like this guy is just kind of a loser <laughs> right he sucks not yeah. like a master criminal but just like a guy who likes to party in cuba yeah and have sex with kelly ripa <laughs> right exactly he um something that i thought was very interesting and i only thought about it after watching the episode i was like oh hiram's dead no he's not he's a painting He's a painting. You take that out of your mouth. <laughs> well, he is a painting, but you know, his corporal body, corporal body is no more. And Veronica killed him. No. She hired a man <laughs> to turn him into a painting. Right, right. Sure. So just a weird thought. He's not a painting now. No. It's just odd how Hermosa is still a phone. But <laughs> And now she's missing. Exactly. You gotta now, find Hermosa. Where is she? Season eight of Riverdale. I'm going to have chat GPT right That'd be really uh, funny if... Season like, 8 Riverdale. Bed, uh, or Buffy the Vampire Slayer ended, but then they did a season 8 and a season 9 in comic mm. form. If there was a yeah. Riverdale season 8 in the comics, it's just like... And then the world's on fire. Yeah, just for pages and <laughs> Like, once pages. they were freed of budget, Buffy the Vampire Slayer was like, an army of slayers f- jump out of right. a plane over Scotland to fight a giant vampire monster. <laughs> it's a little bit easier when you just have to draw it. Yeah, it's a lot easier. No, much simpler. Well, that's the end of Veronica's plot. Where would you like to go next? Let's do Jughead and Ethel doing a thing. Great. <clears throat> so Jughead takes Ethel to buy their issue of Pit of the Perverse. He's sure to tell the guy where the newspapers stand that they're co-workers. <laughs> yeah, he's downgrading her, actually, yeah. from, uh, from Bud. We're work friends. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, this really crotchety guy working at a newspaper stand in a, what looks like a back alley of Riverdale yeah, probably doesn't alley. get a lot of people walking through. Uh, tells them that he sent that smut back. Oh, mm-hmm. I can't. I can't even imagine growing up in the era where I would have to buy comic books from a newspaper stand. Uh, my dad had has like the stories of like, oh, they'd sell some with like the comic book cover ripped off for like cheaper. Oh, why would they rip it off? What would they do with it? I I believe you could like maybe save it or something oh, for some okay. reason. I don't actually understand the meaning behind it either, yeah. but it was some reason cheaper. Uh, to maybe it maybe it like broke off in in, in transportation oh, too, like or it got was, damaged like, in some way, and yeah. they're like screw it. I mean, who cares at that point? I guess. Yeah, uh, but yeah, in my time it's always been like stores for it which has always been a struggling industry but i was gonna say it's like were there that many stores like did you have a store in your town yeah i it was like uh maybe a 20 minute drive away okay. there was like another one i liked that was like an even further drive away that we'd have to go to sometimes but they're like in a mall or something like that out here there's a couple more that I've yeah found. yeah um, i guess we we must have had them where i was growing up i just didn't yeah i don't know i mean we had comics like that they sold in like the supermarket like, R2 was sold in the supermarket. The most successful one I went to here in LA was Meltdown Comics, which was, like, started by Nerdist. So, like, Chris Hardwick's company was behind it. So, like, they produced podcasts out of there and did stand-up comedy in the back. Like, Kumail yeah, Nanjiani did, like, stand-up regularly Oh, in my the back. God, I saw him on the street. You saw him on the street? I meant to text you, but I was driving, like, and so then I... That would have been a bad idea. Yeah, 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 yeah. But him and his wife, I saw them on the street in Larchmont. Oh, that's so cool. It was so cool. I was yeah. like, oh, that guy looks familiar. Yeah, that, was who's, that, who's that extremely ripped Pakistani Ex- man? Exactly, and it was so funny. I literally meant to text you, and then I was like, don't text. You're driving. <laughs> You're driving. And then I got a facial, and then it was all I don't It know was all happened. gone, right? Yeah. Because that's what the facial does. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. why people get mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Yeah, crazy. Uh, but it's like, it feels like every successful comic book store needs to have like a second. You, do you remember 30 Rock, where he talks about three types of heat? It needs like Wait. a second type of heat to really make money. Wait, what is it? Hold on, remind me. The, tri- the Trivection Oven uh, oh, cooks with yes. three heats, and Tracy Jordan is the third heat. That's so funny. I love 30 Rocks. So uh, yeah. The microwave oven division. And like, yeah, some of them are also like, they, they're hobby game shops, so like if you play stuff like D&D, those things go hand in hand. Yeah, that's fun. But not the news. Comic books and news don't go hand in hand anymore. That is weird. That they yeah, used to. That yeah. is weird. I, I think it's a natural evolution of like newspaper comics. There were newspaper comics? They had to have been, right? I don't know how early those started. Oh, you mean like the comics in newspapers? But like, yeah, it, yeah that's yeah, why yeah. they went to the same spot. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, Fieldstone is getting hate mail more graphic <laughs> than the comics they publish. It's so funny how that happens. Right. Like, even to this day, it's like, oh, you did something I don't like. I'm going to come to your house. I and swear I'm to going God. To- <laughs> <laughs> no, it is like that, though. And that's why you don't make Oh, right, because you've had that. Oh, yeah. People will send me nothing so unbelievably crazy, but, like, not fun. Right. Pretty scary. One time somebody did share my address online. That's not a no. cool thing to do. No, please don't do that. Thank you Mm-mm. very much. Well, John, why did you do that? <laughs> so. I just wanted to see what would happen. Yeah, of course. While they're weathering this storm, Ethel would love an issue or two of Pit of the Perverse. And... Like, if you go to DC Comics to do a job interview, they just kind of let you into a room of comic books and say, take whatever you want. They is take it, them all. Is that true? That happened to me, yeah. Wait, really? Yeah, the one time I had a job interview at DC, they're they just, like, they like take me to like this like section of just like, it's just like bookshelves of comic books and like, yeah, take whatever you want for the road. And so it's like, I just grabbed like, a bunch yes, of graphic novels, but not single issues because that would have been too much. I wonder if that was like a test, like which ones did you pick? 
listen, if there's a test, they failed because I would have been an incredible employee for DC. (laughs) Right. I I once had a meeting at Alloy and I got to take like a couple of books home and I thought that was nice. (laughs) That was fun. Uh, so the underground comic book trade is alive and well, and I kind of did this in high school. It wasn't no one paid me for comic books, but like if I was reading a run of like The Flash or Green Lantern or whatever, I'd bring it into school. Oh. And like some of my friends, I'd just be like, "Hey, you gotta check this out," and I'd pass it over to them. Next Give thing me I 10 know, cents. like the Green Lantern Black Knight event is happening, and everyone's like, "Hey, did a new issue come out?" Like after Wednesday, and I'm like, "I got you," and I'm like, "Did you exchange money?" No, I never got paid for it. It was wow. really, it was really more about um, friendship. Um, <laughs> no, I did it for exposure. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And that I exposed as many of my friends to comic books as possible, and now I've ruined them forever. Yeah, look at that, destroying people. I hope that yeah. they are appreciative. Jug enough will do a quarter a piece. Yeah. Which is pretty good for their era. Oh, I was saying that too. I was trying to do the math and I was like, nah. Yeah, comic books were like three bucks when I was buying them back then. I think they're closer to like four or five now. That honestly feels very cheap. Because like a Cosmo magazine. Paper's still cheap, you know? You, yeah, but you would think that. But like if I were to go, I subscribe to a lot of magazines, but mm-hmm. if I were to like buy like a women's health magazine off the rack, it would be like seven dollars. Yeah. crazy? Well, yeah, I think um, you know, the problem is stuff like Everything involved with shipping, you know? Yeah. The, the, the rising price of oil and gas sure. and everything else is, yeah. is what will eventually make your paper product cost more. That is sad. But, like, the beauty of comic books is there's no budgetary restraints. In terms of the action within them, you mean? Yeah. 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 yeah you, and you just, just like, oh, how imaginative of an artist do I have? How good are yeah. they? Well, it's like animation, too. Though yeah. animation's expensive. Like, the, the way they're written, it's just, like, volleying. The writer will just be like, in this panel, I'm thinking it looks like this, and there's, like, these panels on the page. Uh, what do you think? Uh, some of them are more precise than that. Yeah. But then the artist will just, like, do the rough pencils and send it back, and they'll just, like, talk about it. As I they... admire artists so much. Like, artists who are capable of any of that. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Did you? Here's a fun fact. Uh, the artist who drew the Archie Comics reboot that happened shortly before this show came out, so mm-hmm. the one that I had read at the time. The hot Archie one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that artist is also the woman who created Miles Morales. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That is really cool. Mm-hmm. And is Miles... Well, he's in Spider-Verse. Yeah. We don't think he's going to get a live action. We do now. We do now? There's Yeah, as soon as the movie came out. Do you remember the Sony hack? Yes, I do. Okay, so this woman, Amy Pascal, is oh, like course, yeah. is like tied to all things Spider-Man in Sony. She's always been there. And uh, the Sony hack was when it first came out that Marvel and Sony might share Spider-Man, and mm. they eventually did. It's also when there was direct lines of her saying, we will only produce Spider-Man movies about Peter Parker, who will be a oh. white kid from Queens. And now she's the person going... Don't worry, fans. We are in the process of looking for our live-action Miles Morales. Oh, that's interesting. Who do you want? An unknown. Okay. Yeah. So you have no idea. Yeah, I need some... They basically need to find another Tom Holland who's black. Baby Tom Holland. Yeah, Yeah, because Tom Holland's like an adult like our age now. Tom Holland's an adult who will never be that tall. Right, yeah. Uh, (laughs) I honestly don't... You could tell me, though, that he's like 5'5 or like 6 feet, and I wouldn't know. He doesn't look 6 feet, though. I didn't know Timothy Chalamet was tall. I thought he was short. Well, the problem is you put him next to Zendaya, and they look the same height. Right, but then Zendaya tall. looks very tall next to Tom. That's true. I stand by they should cast 
Timothy as Green the Goblin. Green Goblin Absolutely, of the MCU. 100%. There's no. If he would do it. Absolutely. I love that idea. It'd be so cool. He could be the Joker also, Batman. Though Paul Dan no, that's not Paul Dano. Um, who's the guy now in the DC one? Uh, well, they're going to have, remember, there's going to be two Batman. Yes. But you think he could be Robert Pattinson's Joker? Yes. What no, is no, that they, they had a guy. They, they had do. a guy. I can't um, think of his name. Oh, shoot. I know his face. It's the it's the kid from the sacred killing of a deer. Uh, yeah, he looks so... Barry Cogan. Yes, thank you. Uh, he was an Eternal also, but like, yeah, he looks really freaky in that movie, but they also don't let you see his face right. in that movie, and probably he shouldn't have been. That character shouldn't have been in that movie, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but there's going to be two Batmen, so anything's possible. Anything's possible. Jughead and Ethel collecting money for comics. It's like they're dating, but they can sit looking away from each other so nobody knows they're together. Right. And they are not dating. They are buds. Yeah. At best. Just to be clear. To be clear. <laughs> Jughead narrates real quick cuts in <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> like in um, Emperor's New Groove and goes, yeah, embraces yeah. her. A uh, adventure scout asks for Pit of the Perverse. It's a hot issue. Mm. And when Jughead hands it over, the sh- scoutmaster comes in with Sheriff Keller. Oh, man. Wait, and so was this a ploy? I think the kid was uh, undercover. He was, right? Yeah, he okay. Was a cop. Bummer. Uh, and they kind of seem to just get a slap on the wrist. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, so. And uh, they made money, and. Yeah, they're like, it was a gas while it lasted, and Jack and Ethel toast milkshakes together. Yeah. And she's like, it's like we're a couple, and he's like, couple (laughs) of friends, and then drinks from his. Couple of work acquaintances. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But there was a good classic mess around. Cute. Very cute. And so the patriarchy gets together and announces they are tired of this comic book shit. I don't want to see comic movies dominating pop culture (laughs) in 50 years. That uh, is clearly the path that we are That's where on. this is heading, and it'll be the death of culture. <laughs> uh, that is it. It was honestly not they're bad. Not, they're kind of onto something. Yeah. Jughead sees all the nerds at school lining up to sell their comics to the patriarchy, and they say, what? And he's like, what's the deal? And they're like, what's the harm? And I gotta be honest, you end up with a lot of back issues of comic books. I would If someone definitely was, was buying those. them off of me for more than I paid for them... Yeah, it's a, it's a no-brainer. Take them off my hands. Can I just cut in just to talk about something, like, similar to this? Yeah. So I was trying to sell some clothes or, like, get rid of, really donate some clothes. And I found this thing that was, like, send us a bag. We're going to send you a bag. You send us clothes. And then you get $20 credit to our store, our mm-hmm. online store. And I was like, oh, that's an amazing idea. So it's like, obviously, I'd be spending that money at your store in exchange for my clothes. So it's like I would fill a whole bag of old clothes that I don't want. But then I would get $20 short. No, you have to pay $20 to get the bag in the first place. So to clarify, this is a store that wants you to pay them $20. To have the opportunity. To then spend $20. It doesn't make... And you give them your clothes. What a promotion. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I, just, I was like, what the Do hell? they then burn the clothes in front of you? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, oh, that's like a good way to like encourage people to... Like, it would have made more sense if they were like, send us your clothes and we'll give you like a 50% off coupon. Because then I'd be like, oh, cool. What a great deal. I'll definitely do that. Right. I'll... I have clothes right now. I right, exactly. Do. Yeah. Oh, but I have to pay to get rid of my clothes that mm-hmm. I spent money on previously. And then mm-hmm. I have to give that money back to you again. It was insane. Don't like it. I don't like you it. You just reminded me I have clothes in my car that I'm like, next time I'm near a place. Right, the... exactly. And I'm like out of the closets right nearby. Right there. No, no, no. I got to do it too. I just got to. 
I, I'm trying to do it in like a responsible way as opposed to just dumping it at like a Goodwill, which I don't think actually does any Goodwill. Yeah. Um, or has any Goodwill. I don't it may know. have at one point, but uh, the bigger it gets, the less likely it is. Yeah. So I'll get rid of it soon. There is out of the closet, which is good. But yeah. Next thing we know in show, everybody's turned up outside school for the comic book burning event. Love it. Just kidding. Which, Terrible. Which did, did hurt to watch. Yeah. They would burn fast, though. It's cheap paper. Yeah, it wouldn't be that much of an event. It <laughs> be would like, be They'd be like a really colorful fire, though, because of all the ink. And then done. Uh, yeah. That is sad. Super sad. Yeah. So, like, burning books is... Bad. Objectively bad. Yeah. Even if your book is Pit of the Perverse number 30. Right. This kind of happened. What? To you? No. Um... <laughs> With comic books, there's like, when you're talking about older comic books, if you're talking about something like Action Comics number one, which is the debut of Superman, an issue of that, if you have a copy, is worth millions of dollars. Oh. Nicolas Cage has a copy. Of course That he, he like, keeps in a box. And what, all these things. But, like, they did use comic books. I think they destroyed a lot of comic books. I think they were, they were burned. I don't remember if it was, like, these are bad, they need to be destroyed, or if it was, like, a these are have less value oh yeah just as a thing throw it away and it gets like turned into something else uh i honestly can't say for sure yeah Uh, but they weren't like worried about saving those things back then either and now every comic book has a digital download code to be used on an app at the same time and like i'm like if i keep these they're not really worth anything right that makes yeah that makes more sense i think that it's interesting just how this show is uh I don't know what the 50s were like, but the moral panic of, oh, these like books are polluting our kids' heads and things like that, that feels like kind of more recent than And you know what's weird away. is that comic books have always... Well, comic books I've read have always been deeply progressive. Yeah. Comic books are usually years ahead of what's going on in TV, which is years ahead of what's going on in movies. So like this Arrowverse that just ended was so queer yeah. versus the Snyderverse in the movies, which was aggressively straight right and the comic books superman is superman's bi son now i love that and like his mom lois lane is like who's harming my son and his boyfriend kind of energy with like a like a laser gun and like stuff like that laser guns progressive right so progressive yeah (laughs) um that's no but that makes sense though because i feel like this there's a smaller population of people reading comics and a smaller amount of people you're trying to sell those comics to tv a lot of TV is more, not localized, but American TV. Yeah. Um, you know, streamers, you subscribe to a certain <clears throat> streaming platform. So it's a little bit more gatekept. And movies, you're trying to sell internationally. And that's the weird thing about gatekeeping in comic books, too, is that it, like, was a refuge for people who felt marginalized. And, like, Superman's created by two Jewish guys. And then those guys finally feel at home in a community. And then more marginalized people start showing up to the community and they're like, hey, whoa, this is my community. Yeah, that's shitty. Is that what happens? That's kind of how it is. Yeah. 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 It's interesting, though. I wonder, I mean, obviously, Roberto must be a big comics person because he started totally. in comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess plays and, and theater and stuff also. But it is, it's an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm kind of enjoying the look at early comic books. Yeah, it uh, is fun. Even if they're not, they don't want to get too in the weeds. I get that too. Uh, yeah. But moral panic stuff is is a good battleground. It's the only thing on. I studied in school. <laughs> so you've been morally panicking this whole time. Whole time. Which I believe this leaves us with English teachers. Is this the last Archie. plot line? This is the Archie plot line. Did we burn through all the other plots? Uh, let's see, Betty, uh, uh, Veronica. We, we did. did. We did Jughead. We did Cheryl. Yeah, you're right. This is a. Paul. 
we're gonna get back to my favorite ship, Grundy and Archie. <laughs> so, <laughs> my Archie. OTP, Grundy forever. <laughs> So, uh, Betty and Kevin just performed a dramatic reading of Tennessee Williams. And real quick, real quick. Yeah. Have you noticed how good the handwriting is on the blackboard in this episode? I did not notice that. Every time someone's doing a dramatic reading, their name is written, or like whatever they're reading is written in like perfect penmanship. And later, like the teacher's names, because we get like multiple teachers, they're all written in perfect penmanship. Who the is same, it? The same penmanship. <gasps> so it's not the teacher's writing on right, the whiteboard. Right. So who is it? And I know it's a production person, but yeah, the pro- production assistant's doing it. Maybe they are hand- there. It's beautiful, beautiful wow. work. I really hope that the person who wrote this on the blackboard happens to listen to this podcast because think about how nice that would yeah, be that'd to be finally really nice. get recognized. Finally. The um the script coordinator on NCIS was always the woman they would go to to do anything handwritten that they needed prop wise on the show because she could just do beautiful and yeah. clear handwriting and in different ways that is really cool i do mm-hmm. not have that skill okay so betty and kevin perform a dramatic reading of tennessee williams and mrs thornton whose name we learned just in time yes has uh never heard those words spoken aloud so beautifully and mm. neither have we because they came in after that <laughs> right wow it was great trust me best yeah, looks at camera huh yeah <laughs> The patriarchy barges in and kicks her out. They don't believe those words were ever were spoken. They believe those <laughs> words were spoken more beautifully. No, uh, Cliff immediately replaces her with his wife, Penelope Blossom, who looks terrifying. Yeah, and if you think, wow, we're gonna get like a Madame Umbridge type story of like English under the purview of Penelope Blossom? No, no, no. Maybe we don't. We time. actually don't do that. We, she actually does not speak <laughs> the rest of the episode. As far as we know, she was a great English teacher this whole time. It could have been fine. Yeah. But we're told that Mrs. Thornton was a communist. <gasps> Seems very unlikely, honestly. I mean, I, I think she would be now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. for sure. She's going to start thinking about it for sure. <laughs> yeah. Hiram teaches English. See, it's already replaced. Uh, Hiram <laughs> teaches English and Julian is up first. I was kind of hoping Julian would like earnestly do a monologue from something very stupid, Aww. but instead he very stupidly does a monologue from something very earnest. Yeah, uh, yeah. He tries to do To Be or Not To Be, famously from the Mel Brooks movie To Be or Not To Be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Hiram challenges him to connect the material and he tells everybody that words have power and Archie's going to need to hear that one more time. <laughs> the patriarch wants to know if Mrs. Thornton indoctrinated Archie. No, she just taught him poetry. Um, she cared about me, like, a little bit. And they're like, too much. Too much. You're male. That's not allowed to happen. And in a way, they are not wrong, given <laughs> it, the past circumstances that Archie has found himself in. But right. in this case, Miss Thornton is just lovely. Archie, were you indoctrinated? He doesn't know the meaning of the word. Mm. Archie, do you want Riverdale to wind up like Cuba? He has no idea <laughs> what you're talking about. <laughs> What's Cuba? <laughs> Under the guise of Fidel, Ga- Fidel Maestro? Fidel Mastro's and Fidel, Fidel Maestro. Maestro. He's Mastro. just, he's doing music. Yeah. He's a musician. I know. It's it's definitely Mastro because that rhymes with Castro. Yeah. But I keep saying Maestro because there's a silent E there. Mm-hmm. So uh, Frank walks in on Archie writing poetry. And I have a lot of questions about Archie's writing process. Because he's doing this like in the middle of the night in the garage. And it looks like he's sweating bullets. It's Every stressful. time this guy sits down to put pen to paper, he's like, <sighs> breathe, 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 breathe. We got something. We can do this. We can do this. Look, I, I hope that art is painful for Archie. That's, you know, it's painful for me. So Frank enters and Archie like kicks the chair over and like throws Aww. the book. He's like, I wasn't doing anything. I swear. Did you know poetry is communist? <laughs> so... 
Frank thinks it's fine to write poetry to hook a gal, but literally any other reason is communist. <laughs> insane. Or gay, you or, know? Or gay. Same deal, honestly. In this day and age, like, well, different. Different is different. Let's get them out of here. Yeah, just put them all in the same box. Mm-hmm. So Archie finds Mrs. Thornton's home. She's like, how did you find that? And he's like, it's on record. Uh, she's moving to Greendale and volunteering at that, their library. Because um, if you want to talk about witch trials. Yeah, it seems like uh, there's somewhere to go. Also, this town had witch trials. Oh, yeah. We kind of forget about that. It's very confusing. You know, I sometimes mix up plot lines of Riverdale with plot lines from the three movie series of Fear Street. Did you see that? I saw Fear Street. Uh, All of them? Yeah, I watched all three. Yeah, there's the, the third one. Yeah, I, I don't think they're actually that similar, though. They're not, but, like, the flashback episodes of Riverville, I was like, wait, did that happen? The gay witches? Yeah. They're kind of similar, right? Did you see Pearl? No, I haven't seen Pearl yet. I know, I should. Like that. It Interesting. It's good, though. It's, it's like... Pearl was good. Uh, we actually recently had that at my house where it was like, we need a movie to watch. Yeah. And I had seen X. Mm-hmm. I had not seen Pearl. And we landed on Pearl. And we're like, hey, that's that's pretty good. Okay. I'm like, I don't know if that guy should play Superman, but... Uh, <laughs> and then we immediately... And then the next day we watched X, and it does make X better. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, context is everything. Yeah, context helps, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I think that um, David Corrin's suite will be a good Superman because he looks like Henry Cavill in a different plot. That's so. kind of what I'm a little disappointed by, though. Like, I'm like, oh, we're yeah, they both look exactly, exactly like everyone else who's done it. Yes. But like, like, Rachel Brosnahan does uncommonly look like my mental image of Lois yeah, Lane. Yeah, I think she's a good fit. And she'll probably, she's also good at banter. She'll probably mm-hmm. be great. Really curious how James Gunn's writing translates to that. But, like, yeah, David Cornswood uh, looks like, he looks like Superman. Yeah, I Nailed like it. him in that show Hollywood that I only watched. See, that's, I did not like him in that show Hollywood. Oh, and that's my problem. I'm like, oh, he played the boring guy on Hollywood. Yeah. Great. I, th- I found him endearing. I think he might just be very attractive, though. I also thought he was British or Australian, and he's from Pennsylvania. I that think is I talked wild. about that last time. Isn't isn't that where Superman's from? No, oh, he's from Krypton. Oh no, but like originally Pennsylvania, cornfield, Kansas, Kansas. Okay, same same difference. They're a little different. A little, a little, depending on the town. Okay, <laughs> let's be honest. Honestly, a lot of Superman like alternate timeline stories start with like, well, what if he landed somewhere else? Yeah, there's ones like, what if he landed among the Amish? Huh? That's literally... That's it goes really badly. Like, he yeah. doesn't become Superman for a long time because he's just doing homage people that shit. That's so funny. That and they're like, if you a- use those powers, that's the devil, so don't do that. I mean, I guess that checks out, yeah. Mm-hmm. What if he landed in Florida? Fuck. Yeah. Wait, they haven't done that one yet. No. That's good. What if we, and he was just like... I'm, <laughs> Write that down. Yeah. Actually, get on a call to James Gunn. <laughs> Florida. I know you're working on Legacy right now, but... Okay. What is it? Um, oh my God, from The Good Place... What's his name? Oh, I love him. Jason. Jason, yeah. Actually, oh, can he play Superman? Hold he on. He would be great. I know, I know. Florida. You know what's crazy? What? He's in Top Gun Maverick. I still haven't seen it. He's in it, great. but he's not like a speaking role. He's just in the background. That's and you're weird. like, you have Manny in this? Yeah. And you're not giving him like a central role? What are you doing, Tom? Did he have a bigger role that was cut? It's like It's like, did they just not see Top Gun? Or they hadn't seen The Good Place and they so didn't great. know what they had? He's also really funny in this movie called I Want You Back. Oh, yeah. I love no, I think movie. I heard about this one, though. Fucking is this new? Movie. It's um, new-ish, like the last year and a half, mm-hmm. two years maybe. I think it's so funny. 
Mrs. Thornton uh, hands Archie a copy of The Crucible, and she tells him words have power, and he's like, that's the first time I'm hearing that. Wow. And uh, he should use them for good to make the world a better place. Yeah. So Archie performs John Proctor's It Is My Name monologue from he's The Crucible. He's so good. Which is a really powerful moment. Put this like, man I can't have my name associated with this untruth. Yeah. I, I just won't do it. You'll have to kill me. I find this piece something that will always be more powerful performed than read. Yeah. And KJ knocks it out of the park. He's like really good. It's like unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and then Archie makes an old timey soda look delicious. <laughs> I like that the machine has a bottle opener in it. And Veronica tells him his performance gave her a lot to think about. And then she kisses him on the cheek. And then they kiss on the lips. Uh, God, no. Don't. No one's asking for this. No one wants it. Stop going back to this. I don't believe there are Varchi shippers out there. I'm sure they are. I think it's just Roberto. It's very weird to me. I just don't see the chemistry. Like, I just don't get it. Veronica can be with anybody it's else. It's so funny because, like, their chemistry does at best feel like friends with benefits. Yeah, and honestly, barely. It's like. And they mostly enjoy the benefits. What happened to Betty and Veronica? What is going on? I don't know. Maybe next week. I do think that there was a spoiler that I saw that was like, they're going to talk about it. It? The, the vibe. I'm it is my off. Head. I'm shaking my head excited. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we gotta talk about it because holy shit, Mrs. Grundy is in this one. She is so beautiful. That's crazy. She and now they're like gorgeous. the same age, so right, exactly. Because she, she hasn't aged at all. Be older, <laughs> who knows? Uh, she is so pretty. A predator in a different timeline. I mean, yeah, you wanna? So like, she's teaching English now. Mm. She was under Mrs. Thornton, uh, and she. It's like, I'm the cool new English teacher who is exactly like the old English teacher, but is played by a hot woman. Yes. And I want to teach you poetry exactly like the old English teacher did, but with a new element, hotness. <laughs> uh, but we have to keep it a secret. Shh. And then she tells Archie that her husband is a poet who totally lives with her if he wants to read poetry written by her husband, a man she is married to. <laughs> and presumably she's not interested in children that's, anymore. That's right. That's right. right. Just want to be very clear to you, the audience, I am married. <laughs> yeah, I want to see, uh, have you seen the movie A Teacher? Or sorry, the TV show A Teacher? I, I know of it. With I didn't Love end Simon. up watching it, but I did like the SNL parody of A Teacher. Yeah, yes, it's so Where good. she's like, why would I be attracted to a 16-year-old? <laughs> it's so good. She's like, I do not think about you at all yeah, when you leave. In, at the moment I walk out of this school, <laughs> you're not on my mind. It is so funny because that show is great. The show is a is awesome actually uh for what it's about um but it's like totally a takedown of this kind of a thing where it really does show you how oh like yeah no shit it's like predatory even if she's pretty young and even if like she you know he put a move on her for it's yeah. so good it's and we always show. treat it differently when it's a woman versus when it's a yeah man definitely doing it both are really bad yeah for sure yeah uh so that's the end of the episode <laughs> um, yeah, best dressed, uh, best boy, okay, best girl, Archie, best boy. Um, yeah, that's fair. Um, best girl, Betty's doing her little book thing, her little magazine thing. Yeah, Cheryl, you know, Cheryl was good. Really, too. really went through it, but made the right decision yeah. in the end. Yeah, Cheryl mm -hmm. made a bad decision and very, then a good one. Very yeah. happy with her. 
Cool. Um, no outfits really stood out to me this I week. I can't remember either, honestly. Um, I'm sure Cheryl looked nice. <laughs> um, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, I can't think of it. I was more dunking on Evelyn's outfit. Oh, really... yeah, yeah, yeah. So anti-best dress. Mm-hmm. Worst, worst dressed. dressed. Yeah. She's the worst. She is the worst. She's worst and dressed worst. Yeah. And honestly, we could get into the rumor mill, but I don't really have don't anything. Have either. Yeah, it's um, like... Things will continue to happen. Things will happen. Mm-hmm. Next week is a, a musical, I think, right? The, That's what I heard. Yeah. I have not actually watched the trailer yet. Should we watch the trailer, John? I think I've already uh, seen the trailer. You would. Also, fun fact, by the way, uh, Casey Cott is going to be Christian and Moulin Rouge on Broadway. So he oh. has a new a new thing going on. And he does have like that voice, so I am excited about it. I already saw the touring uh, Moulin Rouge when it came to LA and it was really good Archie the musical Kevin's writing this musical about me who is Archie it's about Archie yeah it's about having to make a choice you are gonna love it now the first thing I thought when I watched this was how weird is it that Kevin who is not good friends with Archie is writing this musical about him it is kind of like kevin is a character who they just deploy as utility he is like how kurt and gilmore girls would just have a job at any given week that gets him into the plot some way kevin is just a tool (laughs) um and like kevin can write the musical about archie why can't archie write the musical about archie archie the character who's writing right uh, no uh god I am very curious how they're going to set this up, though, because it's Like, hilarious. I don't think they always need to be in-universe musicals. Right. Especially if you're going to do an in-universe musical in the 50s, I think you're going to limit your music oh, a little yeah. bit. And I feel like if this is all original, the songs will sound more present day, which is fine. It just opens the Pandora's box again. Right, of why, when was the rock What is rock? happening? <laughs> I yeah mm. I am very curious what's uh, what's gonna happen mm-hmm. with this musical. Have you ever had a musical written about you? No. Um, yeah, neither. <laughs> I've read a musical written about me. I've been in a play. That's not really the same thing. But that is AV cool. Club. Yeah. Uh, my D and D players published one single book copy of our first campaign. That's cute. Uh, which is cool, but no, never a musical never written a musical. about about I, me. No music has been written about me, as yeah. far as I can tell. I've only really had one musical written about me. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I have not. That's, mm. that's a silly thing to say. Yeah, that was a lie. Only one. Wow. Oh, wow. I know. Only wow. one. Haha. <laughs> I'm funny. I guess, like, my question is, like, what are we supposed to take from the book burning? The comic book burning. How serious is the comic book moral panic plot line? Mm. Where could it possibly lead to at a point where like people's lives are in danger? Maybe they don't have to be in danger. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Like we've kind of gotten to the point where the stakes are not life or death, you know, other mm. than eventually, I guess, in 70 years. I think the patriarchy is going to try to destroy the comic book company. It yeah. feels weird that that wasn't one of their earlier plans. Right. It also you could just be like, Fieldstone's a communist. Get him out of there. Right. That seems easier, actually, right. to do. Yeah. Um, 
they want to destroy but you know they're they're stupid so they're doing it in the wrong order yeah and like to what end is it just that they hate comics and don't want it to influence the culture of teens it sounds like they don't want the teens they want to be the only thing that influences the culture of teens and famously I, an easy thing to do yeah so the other question is like yeah I, I, I don't agree with it but destroying of horror comics is you know you're destroying something that could make people feel like not actually but like you know violent or whatever yeah. But, like, what else is the comic publishing that is upsetting them I'm so much? I'm starting to, like, and also, what's going on with Superduck? Oh, burning, yeah. We burning those Superduck issues? What's going on over there? Adorable little comic. Hey. Super fun. Yeah, come on. Superduck, super fun. <laughs> you know. I, there's there's merit to the idea that they might actually invent Archie comics within the context <gasps> of the show. Oh, fuck yeah. Um, oh, that's a great idea. Like, it would be like, oh... You couldn't possibly have any problems with this wholesome comic that's also secretly teaching subversive values. I love that idea. They should do that. Yeah, but I don't, maybe that's what they're doing. Yeah, because yeah, I'm like, where does the comic book story go eventually? Right. Unless it's like a like an imitation game type thing, where at the end Jughead's like, and that's how we invented Archie, and like today yeah. we call them today comic books are like this all over the world. I do wonder if we're gonna get. Like a thing in the future where Jughead is like, yeah, the Archie comic. It all worked creator. out. I think that'll be, it'll yeah. just be another episode. And then, then actually the end, <laughs> at the end, it'll just be really quick. It all worked out. It was fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for watching Riverdale. I have a good night. It's like how an award show like barely has an ending. <laughs> yeah. And this has been the Golden Globes. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what are you watching? I am watching the new season of Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Cool. If anyone is curious, it seems like Paramount Plus is on a bit of a run right now where they're putting a lot of their shows on YouTube. So oh, like iCarly's whole series is I think on YouTube right yeah. now where uh, she and Freddie got together. I heard, I saw. Yeah, but are you going to watch iCarly though? No. Me neither. I know. So I, I did watch Whoops. the clips on TikTok. <laughs> That's nice though. She looks exactly the same. And it, honestly, so does Miranda he. Cosgrove looks great. He looks so ridiculously good. Yeah. It's actually he, insane. He looks like the same. The way like, they used to dress those kids on that show. Yeah. He's like, give me a colored polo over a long sleeve shirt with the baggiest khaki pants insane. you could possibly have. It was a bad era for fashion. Though. I believe the brother also looks the same. Anyway, good for them. Yeah, good for them. Uh, Star Trek's first, Strange New World's first season and the premiere season two is all on YouTube. But this last episode they did was like, third of season two is a time travel story cool the character who's like head of security uh walks onto the bridge and all of a sudden the new captain kirk is the captain not her captain paul what? wesley oh is the captain i love him and she and paul wesley travel back in time to and they're like oh this city this must be new york and she's like no nah, dude this is toronto and they like pull back and it's like no it's straight up toronto playing toronto for That's once funny. and they do like and it's like they've time traveled before in star trek to back lots and weirdly, there's a fascination with um, uh, the Depression. Oh, sure. Like, Kirk travels back to Depression by accident, and then, like, Picard gets a holodeck, and he's like, let's go straight to the Depression, baby. Just for fun? <laughs> yeah. Just because he wants it's to? It's his favorite. He loves noir. That is hilariously <clears throat> weird, but okay. Yeah. And they're, like, driving around, and the new Kirk's a lot of fun, and it's like, a deeply emotional story that's also tagged into some lore, but not in a stupid way mm -hmm. anyway it's great trek uh and i really really liked it great and trek. i'm really happy about paul wesley i i was nervous but he pulled it off no paul wesley's really good the thing about paul wesley as someone who watched the vampire diaries mm -hmm. the personality of the brothers on the vampire diaries ian Summerholder is damon and then paul wesley is 
what's his face? The other one. The other one. The other one. Oh my god. Not Stefan. <laughs> Stefan. I don't know why that fell out of my brain. But we all know why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but that's the thing. Damon is so compelling. He's so funny. He's like sarcastic. And then Stefan. He got all is, the best lines and delivery. Yeah, yes. And then Stefan is kind of uh, broody and like moody. And like, don't get me wrong, both very right. hot people, but boring. Right. But Paul Wesley's personality is exactly to me like Damon's personality in real life. That's so funny. So weird. And the Kirk character, like Chris Pine played him in the movies. Yeah. He's like a jokester, kind of a cocky guy. I can see that. Uh, uh, and then you, you get to, and he's like, Chris Pine never was trying to do a, a Shatner impression. Mm -hmm. This guy's not quite doing it either, but he is doing a lot of the same moves Shatner would do. Whereas like, this is getting boring. I'm rolling my eyes at this now, or just kind of like staring into people a lot and being, you know, women love him. Like he plays oh. chess and like, uh, Kirk would play 3D chess against Spock all the time. So he like hustles guys on the streets playing chess, but he's still a hot guy. Wait, so is he, supposed to be though like grows up to be William Shatter it's like 10 years before okay he will, it's very weird because the yeah. new show looks beautiful okay visual effects wise it's yeah. the most incredible gorgeous thing I've ever seen and they're like 10 years later it will look like the 1960s <laughs> right. Star Trek TV weird. show and this man will be the same Kirk same person we're Confusing. just gonna roll through it yeah, yeah <laughs> and then eventually all this will look like the 80s did in Star Trek Next Generation that and that's the future that's further down the timeline than this. That's 500 years later. Like, that's a lot. But they should just, if they press the reset button, that would be annoying too, so. Right, it's kind of interesting. Well, I mean, yeah, because those movies were basically the reset button. Yeah. And instead the shows are just kind of like, we're just going to dip into different eras and it'll look better. And that's kind of part of it. Do you know what a Klingon is? What is that? It's an alien in Trek. Okay. And when they first appeared in the original series in the 60s, they were a communist metaphor. Okay. But when they designed what they looked like, the guy was like dark skin in a Fu Manchu. What is that? So it's the mustache where it's like only comes out from the sides and it's typical in uh, negative depictions of Asian men. Oh no. So they were just like guys with bronze skin and Eastern Oriental facial hair. Yes. So it was bad. Yeah. Clearly. And then in the Star Trek movie, they had a budget and they redesigned the Klingons to have like forehead ridges and big hair. And they took on more of a, like a Norse Viking type yeah. thing mixed with a lot of other stuff. As the shows went on, they sometimes brought back guys from the original run as Klingons and they just did the makeup on them. And they're like, yeah. listen, they always looked like this. Don't question it. Right. Exactly. And so that's kind of how the show works. Like, yeah. Or Kirk's adventures always looked like this. Right. It, like, like, like what it looks like now. Yeah. Or these adventures, you can imagine they look like that. And it's less racist. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Which is important. Yeah. yeah. For sure. What are you watching? So I am watching, I really only just started it yesterday, but the new Pete Davidson show, Bupkiss, I oh my think. God, the parents have been watching that. Oh, one. it's actually how pretty fun. So yeah. Pete Davidson, I love. And I think this is very funny because there's like a disconnect between what men think women think are attractive and what women actually typically think are attractive. And it's Pete Davidson and I love him and he's great. And I think that he is a very compelling person, but his story is also, it's a, it's a biographical TV show. But it's not everything is obviously like, oh, this event happened to me exactly as it is. But it's more just like getting into the psyche of like a celebrity. And in this case, it's Pete Davidson playing himself. But he talks about how like his Wikipedia, there's this episode we watched where it was like, 
his Wikipedia page photo is like a terrible photo of him, like being like squinty and like just. But he'd like that, wouldn't he? Well, no, he hates it. Oh. So he hates it so much, and he keeps trying to change it, and it like drives him crazy. Oh, but someone keeps setting it back. Yeah, exactly. Someone, and he like it's just driving him like absolutely nuts, and he tells his therapist about it. And his therapist is um, Char. What's his face? Charlie from. Uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, so it's Charlie Day. Charlie Day, mm-hmm. and. Charlie Day is like, I don't know, Pete, like, it's you not got... not a great therapist choice. You got get... No, it is, because... He's he... not playing himself, though, right? It's no, like, he's not uh, yeah. playing himself. This is a spoiler, but it's like, oh, you know, Pete, like, you gotta... It's something you can't control. You gotta get over it, whatever. And it turns out that it was the therapist who was, like, doing it the whole time. It's very funny That's how dark, it yeah. Out. Very, very funny. They're betrayed by your therapist, exactly. though. But he's like, oh, you want, like, one of these college-trained therapists? Like, you're not a college-trained therapist? It's very good. But it's kind of like... Okay, it's like obviously that didn't happen to Pete Davidson, but you can tell like it deals with his mental health struggles right. and like all of it that. It definitely and fame. The it probably is like something like the Wikipedia thing is probably rooted in truth. Yes, and then it's like I wish it could have gone down like this. Exactly. Or, you know, whatever. It's really good, and there's just like a lot of like funny cameos, and obviously Pete Davidson has like a lot of big. Um, Celebrity friends. He has some, and he's pretty good at bringing in huge people in the comedy. Yeah, like, definitely. I know Mulaney just like appears for. And John Stewart for, appeared in the episode. That's I was huge. Watching. Yeah. So yeah, I want to keep watching. It's good. Yeah. Cool. That's fine. But yeah. Uh, what are you watching? No, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, I guess that's all we got. Yeah. Am I forgetting anything we do on this show? I don't think so. I right. think, and I just... think you got to say goodbye to them. Well, no. Goodbye? Okay. Well, it'll be sad to say it for the last time. But now it's like the sixth to yeah, last no, time. Yeah, so. don't worry. We don't have to think about that for now. Okay. Well, over and out, River Vixens.